It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Now loading the Down South IT Podcast. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you with me. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. With penny pinching becoming somewhat of the norm with all the craziness that they've got going on with pricing and inflation and everything else, a lot of people are going back to the drawing board as far as their internet service. So the idea of today's episode is if you don't have a separate modem and wireless router and you just happen to use the one from your isp whenever you sign up for a new service is that the best that you can do or is it actually a little better to go the other way so we'll kind of go through the pros and cons of each and figure out hey this might be for me you know sometimes some people just say you know what i don't want to deal with it and we'll go over that too so we'll get to that in just a minute. Don't forget, check out the website, Down South IT Podcast. You can hit up everything for the podcast right there on one shop. All the build guides, all the extra episodes, the, the back episodes. And if you want to follow along the show prep as well, that'll be right underneath the embedded player on the homepage. You can check it right there. It's going to be very easy to find. And speaking of while you shop, Quick announcement, the the website that I use for the merch store will be doing price increases starting on May 1st. They're going to go 10% price increase across the board on every product that they make. But to make things a little easier on you and to help out a little bit of everything, especially with, you know, everything going up now, they do have a code that you can use and it's going to be RBTHANKYOU10 at checkout. That'll be good for 10% off, which will offset that, that price increase all the way up until May 31st. So all through the month of May, you can use that code at the merch store, RBTHANKYOU10. Get 10% off to offset that 10% price increase that's going to hit on May 1st. So if you head over there, pick up a t-shirt or something and help rep, rep me and you know do me a little advertising, I would much appreciate it. All the sales from the merch store do help me do some builds and different things like that. So anything you get does help out the podcast a good bit. So if you can, grab yourself a t-shirt, do me a little advertising, and it helps me out on the back end as well. Thank you in advance for that. And again, the code is RBTHANKYOU10. So diving in headfirst. I was actually perusing the interwebs like I normally do. And for some reason, I came across this article from House Digest which I've never heard of before, but hey, for some reason it ended up in my feed, so I clicked on it and read through it. And it actually got me thinking, you know, if you do happen to need a new ISP service, if you're looking for new internet service, whether you're upgrading or whether you're kind of downgrading because of, you know, everything else going up in price lately, what would be something that you would look for as far as a modem and a router? Now, you can rent from your ISP whenever you get the service. 
And there are some good points and some bad points to doing that. And there are also some bad and good points to doing, you know, the other way around and getting your own separate and apart from your ISP completely. So we'll kind of run through some of those. I'm going to start with some of the good things that you, that the ISP versions actually are good for. Usually if you get and rent the modem or what they call quote unquote the gateway from your ISP, a lot of times they set everything up for you. So it's just they they come in, they do it, they plug it in, they make sure everything's working before they leave. So you do not even have to touch it. That's usually a good thing for people that really don't want to deal with anything anymore. They just want somebody else to do it, be done with it, and it just works. And to be honest, there's nothing wrong with doing that at all. I do not have a problem with people that do that. Sometimes I get to the point where I'm so frustrated with half of the stuff that I have that I wish I could do that. <laughs> I really do. But my network is a wee bit more complex than most. So I really can't do that. I have to kind of just sit there and figure it out. And a lot of times just, you know, have a nice adult beverage and then come back at it with fresh eyes. And here we go. So that's one very good thing about it. It's very hands off. You don't have to deal with anything. They set everything up for you and you're good to go. Whenever they leave, it should just work. And that's one of the great things about renting and getting your gateway from your ISP. Another good thing is that it's guaranteed to work with their network. If you rent one from them, you know it's going to work. If you go the other route and you decide that you want to do your own modem, be it cable, DSL, fiber, however you want to say it, you have to research and make sure that that one will work on that network. So that's a lot more time and headache out of your day that you have to do to make sure that it actually works. When you get it from your ISP, you know it's going to work. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Another good thing is that you know you're going to get the speed that you are promised from the package that you bought. If you are... If you bought a 150 megabyte download package, you know the gateway that you have is going to have that. You're going to be able to get to that speed and not have a problem with it. If you go the other route, you may have to research to see, okay, do I need this type of modem? Do I need this type of router? The, you know, your mixing and matching of speeds is going to be a little bit different. You're going to have to do a lot more research to make sure that you get what you're going to be paying for with the ISP's version, you don't have to. They're going to bring you the correct one for the correct speed. So that's one other thing that's completely and utterly off your plate. Now, in the instance that something does go wrong, whenever you do have to do something or troubleshoot your ISP's gateway, everything is going to be color-coded. That's pretty much how most of them are nowadays. They color-code everything from the cables to you know stickers around the ports to everything. Everything is going to be color coded. So they'll be able to talk to you over the phone and say, okay, unplug the green wire, unplug the purple wire, you know, and make sure that you're plugging in the right thing in the right port because that can cause a whole bunch of issues if you don't. But that way, everything is color coded. It's a lot easier to troubleshoot just on the off chance that something happens that you actually do need to troubleshoot. When you get into third party routers and modems, sometimes it's color coded, sometimes it's not. It just depends. You, It's very hit or miss with that. It's by manufacturer and even by manufacturer standards, it might not be the same for everything. So 
Again, that's something you're going to have to familiar yourself with the actual device. And if something does happen to go wrong, your ISP, when you call in to their help desk, they may not be quite as willing to help you if you don't have their device either. So that's another thing that you might want to kind of take into account whenever you're thinking about this. Now, that's usually the good things. Let's get into some of the bad ones. Usually your gateways, your quote unquote gateways will handle not only the connection to your network, you know, to your ISP, they'll also handle all of your router functions. So they'll that's the they'll, that one box will produce your Wi-Fi signal. If you spread them apart, you know, there's advantages to doing that. Usually the first thing is that it speeds everything up. You wouldn't think that, but it actually does because having separate devices lets those devices be a lot more specialized and they can do what they do on a much better scale. So the ISP gateway is actually functioning not only as a modem, but as a router as well. That takes a lot more energy. It takes a lot more calculation and it's doing a lot more work than it would need to do if it was separated. If you do happen to separate and get just a strictly a modem and strictly a router, the router is gonna do what it does best and route all your traffic. The modem's gonna do what it does and give you the best and most constant connection that it possibly can. Whenever you put those two things together, a lot of times speeds start to get bogged down. Now granted, it won't affect your download speed all that terribly much, but what it will affect is the speed between devices. So if you have eight to 10 devices, your TV, if you're streaming at the same time, you know, or you're trying to send files from one computer to your laptop or vice versa, that speed may be significantly slowed down simply because that gateway is trying to do double duty. So something has to give somewhere. And usually it's the, the speed between devices. Another thing your ISP does with those gateways is not only do they use a little bit older technology, but they use one that's proven. So something that's a little bit older usually will work a little better. It's been around a little longer. So it's been proven to work and proven at a certain speed and you know what have you. The only bad thing with that is when you get it, that hardware is probably somewhat or almost close to out of date by now. So you're not going to be on the latest and greatest hardware, but at least it's hardware that will work. And of course, older hardware also means that it's not going to be as fast as it should be. You know, it is what it is. So if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I'm somewhat of a security snob. You know, I'm all about making sure that everybody is as safe as they possibly can be. And one thing about your ISP's gateway Security patches are going to be few and far between. Just in the last few months, we've had a list of Netgear and D-Link routers that had a zero-day threat that popped up that they had to patch. And those patches went out probably within a week of them finding the threat. Now, if you have your ISP one, you're probably not going to get that for a little while after that. Now, and to be honest... Most of the time, you won't even be able to check to see if you have the latest patches that you need. Most of that stuff is completely walled off behind the ISP's firmware, so you won't even see anything like that. 
So you really going to have to trust your service provider on whether or not they're patching your gateway like they should be. And not just the patches, but some of your security features are not going to be there if you really want to in- install those. They have certain security features like parental controls. They have some that will let you lock out certain MAC addresses. There's a lot of different security features that are built into modern routers that you simply won't have access to because it's hidden behind your ISP's firmware. Now, if you decide to go with a third party and do your own router and everything like that, you have access to all of those security features. You'll be able to pull you know, those patches whenever you need to. There's a lot of things you can do on a modern router that, like I say, your ISP just simply locks you out of. Now, I'm going to run through some of these in a, little, in a couple of minutes, but one thing that I just want to stress is that just because you're, you have their gateway and everything, you don't have to use the router function. You can actually go into it, turn off the router part, you know, turn the Wi-Fi part off, and simply plug in your own router and use it that way. So you can have the best of both worlds. I think in most in- instances, this will probably be what most people do anyway. And one other thing before I get into some of the the creature comforts of some modern routers that you probably won't have on your ISP gateway is because your ISPs are using older hardware, you're going to have a little bit less Wi-Fi coverage and you're going to have less bandwidth. Some of these only come with a 2.4 gigahertz band on your Wi-Fi. You know, 5 gigahertz is a lot less. You get a lot less distance out of uh, 5 gigahertz, but you do get a lot more speed out of it as well. So if you have a lot of older devices, you want your 2.4. That's what most of those are going to work with. But if you have a streaming device or you have a laptop that has the capability and you want the full speed out of that gateway, nine times out of 10, you're going to have to use a five gigahertz band. Now, the other bad thing about that too is, again, since you might have limited Wi-Fi coverage, that may you may end up having to use a Wi-Fi extender or something like that. Now, granted, there are some companies out there like Google Fiber, uh, Verizon uh, Fi, I think they're, they're fiber network. Both of those, whenever you get those, they come with either a Nest or an Orbi mesh Wi-Fi system. Those are really good mesh Wi-Fi routers. Very good. You know, they're probably some of the best on the market at this point. So if that's what you're going to end up getting, you probably won't have any problems like that. But if you're using some of the older stuff from Spectrum or Cox or even uh, AT&T, some of their old DSL modems and stuff like that, you're going to see very limited coverage. So you may end up having to get some another extender or something along that line to be able to catch all the coverage in your home. And that's something you also want to think about while you're doing this. But again, this is something that you can just turn off and get a third-party router, and those will most likely have a lot better coverage than the one that you get from your ISP. So what are some of the creature comforts that ISPs are lacking as far as their gateways? First is going to be NAT, Network Address Translation. This is a protocol. It's fairly new, but it's it's been around for a while, and it's mostly using gaming systems. Uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and a lot of PCs and stuff like that, when you play games, it uses that to automatically route traffic to that device, and it just makes it a little bit easier to, to deal with. 
But on top of that, you also have QoS, uh, quality of service, which again is a lot of time for gaming systems, but you can turn it on just for specific devices. If you want low latency on your PC, for example, or you know your kids while they're gaming or something like that, you can turn that on and run through a lot of that and get a lot better latency on a third-party router than you can through your ISP gateway. Changing your SSID and your Wi-Fi password. This is something that every now and then you come across it and it's something that you can change on some gateways, but some it's locked in. Whenever they actually do the firmware for that uh, that gateway, that SSID and that password is locked in. Now, sometimes you can change it, but you do have to go in there and a lot of them have an admin section that you have to actually sign in, which is also on that same sticker with the SSID and password. So you have to sign in using that to be able to get into it to change anything. So, and there's again, very little that you can change on there, but a lot of times you can't. And a lot of those are really weird and complex passwords. They're not easy to remember. So you'd have to go and Look at the sticker every time you want to connect a new device to your Wi-Fi. It's a lot handier to change the password to something that you will easily remember. You still want to do a fairly long password and, you know, change it up and stuff like that just for security reasons. But something that's a little easier to remember than a lot of, you know, mixed up random numbers and letters will be a lot easier in the long run. Next is guest network. Most ISP gateways won't give you the option to have a guest network running. Now, not everybody uses a guest network, but it is a nice thing to have if you have friends over or anything like that. You can just ha- they can connect to the guest network. That way, all of your stuff is safely behind that firewall. You can get to everything you need to get to, and they can still have internet access, but they won't have access to any of your stuff on your network. It is, it is a completely utter, and utterly separate network, and that is always a good thing to have just on the off chance. Next is USB sharing. A lot of ISP gateways don't have the ability to do that. They lock the USB ports and stuff down simply because they use it for updating and different things like that at the factory. Third-party routers have USBs not only to do updates and things like that, but also so you can hook up a printer or a hard drive or something like that. That way you can access that whatever you plugged into throughout the entire network. And again, that's something that your ISP gateway will not let you do. Next is parental controls. Now they may have some parental controls that they let you tweak and and stuff like that on an ISP gateway. It won't be anything, anything close to a third-party router. Third-party router will let you do not only by device, but a lot of them will let you do it by website. You can black or whitelist websites. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with the parental controls on there. A lot of them have apps that pair along with your router. So you can do all of this stuff on the fly from your phone without having to get into the router. makes it really simple to do. And especially if you have kids and you're kind of monitoring what they're doing online, this is a very good thing to have. And it's very easy to set up on a third-party router. Next up is forwarding ports. Now, not everybody uses port forwarding for pretty much 
anything. Uh, I know I do in, in special cases. It's not something that a lot of people need to have, but it is something good to have, especially if you have a NAS that you're sharing, you know, with family and friends out of town, or if you do a VPN or something like that to get back into your network. It's just something that's almost required if you're going to do stuff like that. So it again, it's not a feature that most people will use, but it is a nice thing to have if you need it. DNS and VPN. These, I got them separated on the, the show prep, but they kind of go hand in hand. You can change and do your own DNS servers on a third-party router, and you can do full VPN from the router. So those two, two things kind of go hand in hand, you know, a little bit. But as far as DNS, it's not really something that most people will change. I mean, you can change to a couple of different DNS uh, services that are a little bit faster than the ones from your ISP. They're not terribly faster than the ISP, but you know that it is any little bit of speed boost is a good thing. So, but the VPN, if you do decide to do a VPN, there are some routers that will let you sign into your VPN account, and that way anything that you connect to that router is going to be running on VPN. So. Every device that sits behind your router is going to be on VPN, so nothing can be tracked. That is usually a very good thing, especially right about now. Instead of having a separate VPN on every device that you want to have, on your phone, on your PC, on your laptop, your Mac, what have you, instead of having one on each device, you can just do one account on your router, and then everything behind there is going to be covered. Now, there are a couple of drawbacks to that. Usually, if you're doing a lot of stuff with location, like if you're trying to do shopping or something like that, the location is going to put you wherever your VPN to. So if your VPN from wherever you are to, say, Chicago, every website that you try to log into to go shopping on is going to pull up stores for Chicago. So with that, there is going to be a little bit of give and take. But with that, I think the benefits far outweigh the the little bit of issues that you're going to have. So, so utterly, which one should you go with? Should you go with just the ISP's version or should you separate them and get a third party and do it on your own? Now, if you only do the basic stuff online, if you only check in your email, Facebook, that kind of thing, you don't have very many devices, maybe a streaming TV, a laptop in your phone, or, you know, even a few other devices, you know, for here and there. And you're really not considered you know you're not concerned at all with how fast everything is you're just more worried about that everything works then you may just want to go with the isp and then save yourself a lot of headache you know in the long run just in case you have to do any troubleshooting or anything like that it it does make it a lot easier if you want to go that route and again i i don't condemn people that do that you know if that's how you want to do it that's fine by me i know a lot of people that do it that way they just don't want the aggravation. And I, I can see that point of view. I really can. But if you are more concerned with the speeds that you have, if you have a lot of devices, a lot of smart home stuff, if you want to have control over your network, then you're going to have to separate your device. Again, you don't have to go the full route and do a full modem and router. You can do a third-party router and just turn off the Wi-Fi on your gateway. That way... Like Again, you have the best of both worlds. 
And one other thing I forgot to mention earlier, too, about if you decide that you want to go away from the ISP's gateway. If you do have to get separate modem and router, you only pay for those once. You don't pay the rental fees every month. So by the time you use Gateway for two or three years and you're paying 10 to $12 a month rental fee on it, you know, you're looking at 300 bucks and you can get a very comparable modem and router separately for about that same price. Now you will have to come out of pocket, you know, initially for that, but the rest of the time it's yours. So you won't have to pay all of those rental fees either. So that's always a plus too. So there you have it. No matter what camp you're in, whether you want to go the easy route or if you want to go the more controllable route, it's completely up to you. Like I said, I know people that do both ways and they're completely happy with their service both ways. So I don't condemn anybody that does it either way. Whatever's best for you is the way that you need to go. So thank you all for tuning in. I do appreciate you. I'm going to go ahead and end it here, just like I always do. A paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I love you. I'll see you right back here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.